Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I am so glad you're here because I've got a special guest for us today, Kendra E. Lewis. She's the founder of Signing Agent Advanced Training Program. She's been mentoring, coaching, and training notary loan sign agents. And she's a mortgage professional with 15 years experience in the industry. She's an expert in social media self-marketing. We know this is transferable across any industry. And in just two years, Kendra has gained 51,000 targeted YouTube followers. So she's got some amazing things to share with, with us today. Well, Kendra, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. It's good to be here. So we met through Ryan. Ryan's our producer. And uh, from what he tells me, you guys are childhood friends, like from 10 years old. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit older than Ryan. So I've known Ryan since he was about 10 years old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. So what was 10 year old Ryan like? I'm curious. You know, 10-year-old Ryan has always been motivated, dedicated, full of energy, um, always a great person to have on a project. Like we used to work together on different projects at a church that we attended. And even from a young age, he was always that person who was willing to help out full of ideas, willing to even take on more um, than what was asked of him. He always came through every single time. And I, you know, I was kind of sad when, when I, I actually left the church that we were going to, I was actually kind of sad because I was used to having Ryan as one of my people that I could always count on. But if he's on your team, then I know he's doing a great job for you as well. Now, I just want you to know, I did not pay her to say that. <laughs> it sounds like I paid her to say it. <laughs> No, I'm I'm a great individual. What can I say? You really are. Yeah, you absolutely. Are. All right, Kendra. So let's break into social media a little bit. You know, I know you have a lot of experience in there. What what does it mean to authentically grow your following? So for me, it, it meant be who I really am. I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, see being a social media influencer. And they, they want that, but they try to pretend to be someone that they are not. Um, and I think all of us can tell when somebody isn't being the real them. Um, for me, it was just being the real me. So again, I'm a few years older than Ryan, so I'm 47. I started um, really getting on my YouTube and Instagram and TikTok a couple of years ago when I was 45 years old. And if you look at those videos, those are the videos of a 45-year-old woman. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a 20-something. I'm not trying to do all the dancing and, and different things that they would do on social media. I'm being who I am. And uh, even though, like I said, it, it may not have the, the flash and the polish of some of the younger social media influencers, the fact that <clears throat> I was just being me, authentically giving out great information, showing my authentic humor, my authentic vibe is part of what helped to grow my audience because you know, they could tell just from watching that this is this is really who this person is. Now, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do as influencers to increase that follower count and, you know, everything from the, you know, technical part 
from bots all the way up to jumping on trends and everything. And what I, what I've kind of strategy I've kind of started with is exactly yours to be authentic about what we're posting. And then, um, our people will follow us. Right. Exactly. One of the things that you said in your bio was that you had targeted followers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess dive into that a little bit. When you say targeted, how are, how are you doing that? So the, the entire reason why I started my social media was to promote my course, to, to build up social credit, let people know who I am and that I am an expert in the particular area that I'm in. For me, I didn't get on social media just to gain a certain amount of followers. I wanted to gain the followers who were interested in the subject that I'm selling in my course. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it, it didn't... I didn't want to buy followers. I didn't want people to, you know, I didn't want to do follow for follow. I didn't want to do those different things just to gain particular numbers because honestly, I wasn't interested in numbers. I I was not trying to be big on social media. I was trying to show people who I am. I wanted to show people the, the knowledge that I possess. And I only wanted those particular people, honestly, to follow me. Um, And so, you know, for me, I wanted to target those specific folks And to me, the easiest way to do that, again, was to give authentic information on the actual subject that I was doing. And don't get me wrong, I'll have people, Mm -hmm. you know, people will have interesting questions or be like, oh my gosh, your skin looks so good. Can you do a skin video? Can you do this type of video, that type of video? You you might get that as well, because your skin (laughs) looks really great as well. But I would get all these different suggestions to do different things. And, you know, if I was all about numbers, then yeah, totally. I could come up with a whole bunch of, you know, different avenues where I could take it, but that really yeah. wasn't and is not still what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm a very um, focused person and I like to kind of stay in my lane and be true and consistent to what it is that I told my followers from the beginning that I was going to give to them. So um, you know, as far as YouTube channels go, 50 something thousand may not seem like a lot. Um, but in That's my particular niche, <laughs> it's huge, you know, because I am in kind of a small niche um, business area. So in my niche, it's huge. But, you know, when I look at other folks who've got millions of followers, you know, 51,000 is like, Psh, that's nothing, you know. Yeah, it's kind of the, the Kylie Jenner effect, though. You know, she applies to every woman. You know what I mean? She may not be every woman's like a good example or anything like that. But at the end of the day, like she's a woman, she does makeup, she does various things that are universal, right? Versus, mm-hmm. all right, going back to the <laughs> the Kylie Jenner thing, you can do a lot of things that are universal and that will attract followers. Like talk about your skin. Cause like I said, you do not look 47 years old. That was, <laughs> I don't, Ryan never told me your age. And so uh, when you said that, I was like, there's no way she's lying. <laughs> so uh, on the side of YouTube, like that, that seems to be the area that you're winning in is, is YouTube in terms of targeted followers, right? So what is your strategy with YouTube besides, you know, sharing pertinent information to notary signing? So that was, that was really the biggest thing is just giving mm-hmm. people good information at, mm-hmm information that they not just the hey i'm just going to tantalize your ears to to make you buy my course later on i give good actionable information that people who don't purchase my course can still take and use to grow their particular business of course there are a few things that i hold back 
that I only give to my uh, paid students. But, you know, mm -hmm. the, the biggest thing is giving people good information. The other thing that I did is really tell people not just the good stuff, but the bad stuff, too. You know, I've, I've been doing um, notary signing agent work for 15 years now, and there's a bunch of things that I really don't like about it, you know. And so I've, mm -hmm. I've come out with a few videos where I'm like, hey, these are the things about this that really suck. <laughs> I'm not trying to yeah. sugarcoat this, you know. I've also come out with videos that said, while yes, I would love for you to buy my course and be a signing agent, if you don't have these particular skills, then this may not be for you. Um, I've In my videos, I tell people, yes, again, I've got a course, but hey, I may not be the right teacher for you. So I feel that a lot of people really connect with the, okay, you know, she's not just trying to sell me. She's not just trying to, you know, rope mm -hmm. me in to, to get her thing, but she really is trying to provide me with good information that's going to be beneficial to me. And that is actually what I'm doing. And I think for a lot of people, um, when they feel that genuineness from you, that builds a connection and it makes them want to follow you and hear what you're saying, because again, they feel like you really do have their best interest at heart. Um, and then of course, after that, just doing the, just doing the basic things on social media and on you, uh, YouTube that will keep your content, um, people following your content, coming out with videos, you know, on a fairly regular basis. I've actually slowed down a little bit, but you know, when I first came out, I was making about four to six videos a month, you know, coming out with consistent mm -hmm. information. And then some of the simple things that come across in sales in general, asking people to like, follow, and subscribe. I know we get tired of hearing uh, creators say that, but you got to give people those action points sometimes to prompt them and remind them, oh yeah, let me hit that like button. Let me hit that subscribe button. Let me hit that notification bell. You know, kind of doing those reminders over and over again. Um, and then trying to get better in all of my videos. You know, my first videos, I look back at them now and I cringe because they're awful. Um, even my recent videos aren't that. Really that great. If I had some money, I would hire Ryan and have him come and make my videos look fabulous. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's, it's, you know, trying to improve, trying to constantly get better, trying to improve not only my video quality, my sound quality, my presence, the mm -hmm. way I'm giving information to people um, as well, constantly trying to improve on it and, and do better. And again, I think people really appreciate when they see you putting that effort in to make the content even better for them. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, so whenever I brought Ryan on, we came out of the gate kind of firing because I knew what I had to do and execute on. And I was surrounded by other people, you know, in my business network that were already mm -hmm. doing these things. So that was my standard, right? right? So I didn't start just by turning the phone around. I started with having Orion, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and started with the podcast and then buying equipment and everything and making sure doing our best to make sure it looked good. And, uh, you know, despite the challenges we've had today with this setup today. So just so you guys know, we're recording from the podcast trailer. This is our first, first virtual setup that we're doing this with. So we've had some challenges today, but we have backups in place. We have several cameras to, to back us up and then we're figuring out the internet connection and everything. But anyways, after you make that in, in, investment you get an roi on it right so let's kind of shift gears a little bit and i'm sure you've been seeing it all over the social medias but all the conversation about uh chat gbt so are you utilizing this yet in 
in your business? I mean, there's so many different ways that you can utilize it, but are you utilizing it on social media? Is it writing anything for you? So I, I haven't started using it yet. Again, I do social media like an old person. <laughs> uh-huh. So it takes me a little bit of time sometimes to hop on to, to newer things. So yeah. I haven't started using it yet. Um, but of course, it's one of the things I'm looking at going, okay, Kendra, you need to, you know, work it up and get into it. I do tend to yeah. be a little bit of a, to a, to an extent, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of person. Right. Um, and then, you know, we all kind of get a little lazy sometimes we get a little complacent so so thanks you know for calling me out on this podcast and uh, <laughs> and making me admit <laughs> that i've gotten a little lazy and complacent because you know we all know you got you got to constantly be improving like i said um just a little yeah. bit ago so you know maybe this is the motivation i need to to stop being so lazy and get on it well it's one of those things like a lot of people are using it to write their actual like personal posts and stuff and I don't want to lose my voice, right? So I'm not going to let the AI write for me because it's not at the point yet where you can just, you know, insert a bunch of podcast episodes and then all of a sudden it can be writing for you. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't sound like me at all. It sounds like a computer, you know? Right. But with some of the things that we're finding, you know, it useful for, besides we're going to do a, you know, a Doug versus Chat GPT episode and see who gives the better answer to things. So that should be interesting, but um, we're using it for like SOPs and then to to write stories that we can use in copywriting or ads or whatever the case is. So there's a few uses that don't completely take over to where you're just putting out generic information. You're not putting your personality or your attitude or your style behind it. So I think a lot of people are going to jump on that bandwagon and find very quickly that, hey, we're, I'm losing my voice by doing this a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's like we said before, you know, again, people follow you because of who you are and they learn mm-hmm. your voice really quickly. And they they know almost immediately when something doesn't sound like you. And, uh, you know, also, again, because I think my niche is is not a, a big niche. It may take AI a little bit of time to kind of jump on knowing what to say when I type in notary signing agent. It's going to be like, what? Yeah. so, you know, <laughs> what's a, a notary time, signing but- agent? No, absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit. Your uh, signing agent business. I'm guessing you saw a problem in the industry and you solved it. Is that what happened in the beginning? So that's that's usually what happened. So I was not the first notary signing agent. And long story quick uh, on my on my story. Um, in 2007, I was working for a mortgage company putting in tons of hours and of course, you know, kind of feeling underappreciated, not appreciated. I had a friend who owned their own title company in Austin and she told me about notary signing agents. Um, I did a little bit of research, really not even enough research. And I I quit my job and said, hey, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to make it work. And that's basically what happened. So it it had already been uh, a self-employment opportunity before me, but it was something that worked out great for me. Um, because of the background that I had. And I've always been the type of person, uh, I'm I'm better as an entrepreneur than I am. I'm a great employee, but I'm much better as an entrepreneur than I am as an employee. So I wish I could say I was the first signing agent. And honestly, the other thing I look back on, I really wish I had started uh, my training course before Mm -hmm. a few years ago, you know, but it's all good. Better late than never. So you did the, you did the, the work as a signing agent for a couple of years and then you realized 
hey, there's an opportunity here? So I did the work as a signing agent for 13 years. Actually, I did it a, oh, wow. a long time. And okay. it was a few years ago. It was really mostly because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bored with this. Mm -hmm. I want to do something different, but obviously I have all these, this knowledge and all of this skill. What can I do? That's a little bit different, but still make use of the knowledge and skill that I have. And over the mm -hmm. years, I'd actually had several people ask me to mentor them because again, since this is a self-employment opportunity, there isn't always a direct path, a, a direct teaching right. course to show you how to do it. A lot of people like just kind of fumbled into it because they had experience or knowledge in the industry. And mm -hmm. uh, I was like, you know, what can I do with the knowledge and the experience that I have, um, but still do something a little bit different? And, you know, I was like, hey, let's let's teach people how to do this on a bigger scale. So, of course, I had no idea how it was going to be received. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there who were like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I needed, exactly what I was looking for. And I've been uh, happy to help several people, lots, hundreds of people over mm -hmm. over the past years. So with the with the signing agents, is it about just them being incredibly effective with their like solopreneur business or is there levels to it? You know, do you bring on kind of, you know, expand the opportunity scale, bring on more agents and operate that way? Is there enough meat on the bone to be able to do that? Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, probably the simplest level and what most people come in doing when they first start off is they get business from they're called signing services. They're kind of like middlemen in the industry. Mm -hmm. So people normally come in and they start off getting work from these middlemen, these signing services. But obviously the next level up is to get rid of the middleman and go out and market for your own business. So not only do you have to be a good signing agent, but then you also have to be an effective salesperson to go out and sell yourself, market yourself to businesses directly to get that direct business. So that's obviously a big part of what I teach people to do. And then once you've got consistent direct business coming in, the next step up from there is to get subcontractors under you. Because obviously the goal is to have more business coming in than you can handle on your own. Mm -hmm. So once you've done that, then you can hire subcontractors. So you, you become the middleman, you become the signing service, you subcontract business out to these other folks. And then, of course, the next level after that is to actually start your own signing service. You have tons and tons of business coming in. So you need tons mm -hmm. and tons of subcontractors. So there's definitely levels. And, you know, of course, you don't have to go to any particular level. There are people who are perfectly happy coming in and working right. for signing services. There's people perfectly happy coming in and just stopping with their own direct business. And as an entrepreneur, that's one of the beautiful things is you get to choose where you want your business to go and what level you want to take your business to. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I love businesses that are scalable like that. So with my sales business, um, you know, we did cable sales at first. So it was, you know, cable was an easy commission to make and it was a very simple sale to make. You know, and then we started up, you know, upgrading throughout the years to security and then eventually solar, which was a very difficult sale to make. And then it took 90 days to close, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the evolution of a signing agent, it's the same kind of deal. Initially, you know, you can, you can go out and find the work. That part's easy, but building a business is a whole, whole other thing. And then everything in between, you're kind of teaching them in relation to signing agents. But I, I would imagine a lot of your content has to do with just 
being an entrepreneur and, and understanding financials, understanding marketing, understanding operations and software, are, are you bringing in all those things? Or are you just, wow. <laughs> are you just specific to, to the signing agent business? Is there already a platform that everybody operates on or you kind of bring in your own platforms? So one of the great things about being a signing agent is that it, it, it it can actually be very, very simple. Like you generally don't need a whole lot of fancy stuff. Um, you know, just a regular person with a laptop and a printer can go out and do this. So it's usually not the equipment part of it that's difficult. The, mm-hmm. the hardest part I find for most people is the mindset shift. And that's really what I spend most time, most of my time coaching on. And that's the thing that I wasn't expecting to spend the most time coaching people on. Uh, I expected it to be having to teach people about loan documents and, you know, that kind of thing. The hardest part is really the mindset shift because I find a lot of people are programmed to have jobs. They think they want to be an entrepreneur. They, they love the idea of not having a boss. They love the idea of not working a nine to five. They love the idea of basically being in charge of their earning potential But they don't like the idea of there's nobody to shift the blame to. They don't like the idea of, okay, if business is slow, I got to figure out why it's slow and what I need to do to turn this around. They they, they don't like the fear of, you know, is it going to succeed? If if this person I want to talk to tells me no, how do I take that rejection? So Mm. honestly, the, the biggest thing I find for most people is really that mindset shift. And I've always kind of had that mindset. So it was it was really weird to me when I first started getting my first students and they're like, I'm afraid. And what if it doesn't work? And I'm like, what do you mean this is, you're afraid? This is fun. To me, this is exciting. You get to go out and, and do do this however you want to do it. And it was the exact same, uh, same thing that they were afraid of. So the mm. mindset shift, the mindset is the thing that I coach the most. Equipment's easy. The, the, the technical training of the paperwork part is easy. The mindset mm. is always the difficult part. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's the biggest difference between an employee and an entrepreneur is that mindset shift like you're talking about. So let's jump into building relationships. You know, you talked about that a little bit in your profile. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, do you have a philosophy behind that? Is it something that you teach? I mean, obviously you're teaching it to your students as well. So again, most of the people who are coming in to be signing agents, you know, this is their first time being an entrepreneur. For a lot of them, it's their first time venturing into any type of sales. And so I try to keep it simple for them. And so my philosophy to them, when they're trying to build a relationship, I don't like to use the words that they consider scary, marketing, sales, Those things are scary to people. I let people know all you're trying to do is make friends. You just need to go out and make friends. You're making business friends, you know? And people are like, well, how do I do this? I'm like, how do you make friends? You talk to people, you get to know people. You find the common ground with people. And, you know, especially in mortgage and real estate, it's always been, and it still is to this day, a very who you know, word of mouth, referral um, type of business. And so you just basically want to go out and make friends. Once you've got friends with people who are in this business, 
the business is going to follow. Because guess what? They're your friends and they want to give you business. So I know that's a very, very simple breakdown of the philosophy. But again, for people who are new to this and the, the people that I work with are very, very new to this and it, they're very, very um, afraid of going out. I just break it down mm -hmm. to them. Let's just make friends. Let's go out and make some friends, you know? And when we do it that way, the light bulb kind of comes on, the nervousness goes away a little bit and they're more uh, able to go out and make it happen. Awesome. And that's that's a huge part of, I, I'm guessing, what drives you every day is being able to go out and make that impact with people. It kind of open their eyes to that. And it's like, hey, you just go out and make friends and you're going to drum up business. You know what I mean? Especially if it's in the respective industry, right? Absolutely. Is it something that kind of feeds you every day or is there, what's the bigger purpose, I guess, behind this? So for me, like you said, that's, that's what I love. Again, I've always kind of had an entrepreneur mindset. I, I, I only worked a real job seven years, you know, of my adult life from 99 to 2007. That's, that's the only time I had a nine to five. And I hated it. Um, I love the freedom and the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and running your own business. And I'm always trying to, to, to tell people, hey, you can do it. This is, you know, it's not as scary as it seems. And once you get it rolling, trust me, you're going to be so excited and so happy that you did it. And so to see people, to have people come in who were nervous about it, who didn't think that they could do it, who didn't know where to begin to walk them through the steps that they need to take, to let them know that they do have what it takes, um, to see those people go from the folks who were afraid to try to branch out to becoming successful entrepreneurs is, is amazing to me. And that that is the thing that excites me. Um, and I know for a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, you're not successful unless you're making X amount of money. And I'm, I'm not a money success person. Don't get me wrong. I like money. Everybody likes money. It's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, for me, success equals money plus time. And for a lot of people, what we really want is more time, you know? So if I can be an entrepreneur, even if I'm just making the same amount of money that I was making at my nine to five, but I'm only working four hours a day, I'm successful because I was working eight, 10, 12 hours a day at the nine to five along with my commute and all these other things that were going on. So, you know, I see so many people come in and while, you know, we love to hear about folks making $10,000 a month and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And that's awesome. I yeah. get excited when I hear the stories of, I have enough time to be there for my kids. I was able to be there for my kids football game. I'm able to volunteer at the church that I go to. I'm able to do this. I'm able to do that. I have the time and the energy to do those things. That excites me as well. Again, don't get me wrong. The dollars are great. I like seeing the dollars in my bank account, but I, I like seeing people achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve in their life. Well, I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there because people are boisterous about what they make, you know? So like, you know, back in 14, when I had a hundred plus sales reps working for me, we did 5 million in a year. Right. And uh, that sounds great. That's a big number that's impacted a lot of people. And, and that's awesome. But my take home was maybe 300 that year. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, everybody likes to throw out these huge numbers. And, and it was funny because I would have sales reps walk up to me and be like, hey, what's it feel like to be a millionaire? And I'm like, I'm not a millionaire, mm -hmm. but the company the company's doing millions of dollars a year. 
And I'm like, do you know what net profit means? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all those expenses got to come out. The hotels we're staying yeah. at, the, you know what I mean? The commissions we're paying, the management, the rent, and the, all the offices. I think we had 13 offices at, at, at that time, you know? And then later on, 18, 19 timeframe, it was like, we brought in like 2.8 million, but I did like 600 that year because my business operated so efficiently. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And so exactly. you're absolutely right. Success comes in all different definitions. And um, it's really important to understand when people are putting out these big numbers, like, you know, my, my numbers have always been commission-based, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the fulfillment side of things, which you know, construction companies, you know, their numbers 10 to 20 million for a construction company is nothing because that's, you know, 5 million in wood or, mm-hmm. or uh, materials that year. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yep. it doesn't, none of it translates, you know what I mean? And you'd have to actually open up the books to understand what it actually means. And then, yeah, is that entrepreneur that's doing 10 million, 20 million, 30 million, are they a slave or do they have a job or do they have actual freedom with, passive income and investments Mm -hmm. and they have people running those businesses that they pay well and they take care of and they give these great opportunities that want to be employees and don't want to take the risk they've taken over the years so you know that's always the the question is to what respect are they actually making money and what is successful Mm -hmm. to them because you know some people are are a slave to that number right Mm -hmm. hey i want to always be doing five to ten million so i've got a work 60 hours a week and and not take care of the family not be present you know what i mean and always be attached to this phone you know what i'm saying so there's definitely couldn't agree more there's definitely levels to it so all that being said you know um you put together a hell of a business model and i and i love that you did it for 13 years so there's nothing you haven't seen you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so when you're coaching these signing agents it's not like you did it for a year and uh you know what I mean? You saw someone was a coach and you're like, uh, I'm going to be a coach now too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you developed this business and, and now you're mentoring other people through it. And what's really cool about it is, is when Ryan showed it to me, I was like, I guarantee I could just search social media for a couple of hours and not find another business like this. Mm-hmm. So it's very unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's like so many people have something like this, like you have, and they don't realize it. They don't realize that they have a niche and they could expand on that niche by teaching others how to do it. Yeah. If, if they just shifted, like you said, the mindset shift, they just shifted that mindset. It's like, Hey, I'm operating a business. My business is in this niche that most people don't know about. And that is the barrier of entry is very low, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to get a four year degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, you have to be a professional, you know what I'm saying? You have to be ambitious to a degree, mm-hmm. but, very eventually is very low. And then I can teach other people how to do it, get into it and eventually scale to six figures if that's what they want. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. So commend you for that. So my next question is the last question. It's and it's what I ask everybody at the end of the episode. And that question is what does legacy mean to you and what legacy are you going to leave behind? So, I mean, obviously when you think legacy is what are you leaving behind? Obviously. And I, you know, I want to leave a legacy that you can do this. Number one, you can do this. Because again, when I first started my training course, I didn't even think that other people had a problem believing that they can do it. So that's my first thing. I want people to know you can do this, whatever this is. Obviously, I'm a signing agent. 
obviously I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm self-employed. So, you know, I, I, you can do this as far as being a signing agent and being an entrepreneur, but whatever it is that you want to do, you can do this. Um, you can be successful, whether success means money or time. You can be successful, um, you know, using your cell phone. You don't have to, to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars with tons of equipment to get started. If you are authentically yourself, you know, then, then you can do this. So the first thing is I want people to know that they can do it. Um, and the specific legacy that I'm leaving behind. So I don't have kids. Um, but I've got two little nephews. My brother was kind enough to have a couple of kids for me, so I wouldn't have to. Um, and obviously, you know, the legacy that I'm leaving behind for them is a financial legacy. You know, I'm not a million million dollar person myself, but, you know, I've, I've got some money that I can can leave to them. I've got properties that I can leave to them. And more importantly, and one of the things that I actually started doing with my nephews is we have what I call weekly business brunches. Um, the thing that I thought would be so cool is if they never, ever, ever in their life had a nine to five. And so from, you know, a few years ago, we started having these business brunches and I make them dress up and we just talk about all aspects of business and just starting to put that entrepreneurial mindset in them from the jump to let them know that if this is what, what you want to do, you can do it and you can work for yourself, have your mm -hmm. own business and be successful from day one. Because I look back on it and I think to myself, if somebody had told me that when I was 16 years old, 18 years old, how much further along would I be right now if someone had put that into me? So I enjoy um, giving that information to them and, and hopefully leaving that sort of a mindset and a legacy for them as well. So the legacy that they could do it and the legacy of an entrepreneur, that's, that's right. fantastic. I love the business brunches i'm gonna have to steal that I mean, yeah so my my daughter is intent on taking over my business like she's been consistent for the past two years she's like you know i asked her what do you want to do when you grow up or what are you passionate about and 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 now her answer besides you know sports and school and uh video games now her answer has always been uh i'm gonna take over your business someday dad you know and i'm like well you better come with the work because there's gonna be some <laughs> other people that, that want that too you know what i'm saying and and getting special treatment just because you're my daughter. Maybe a little bit, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I don't know, I'm, I'm sure that excites you to hear yeah. that, right? Like it just, it, yeah, it so, brings a tingle to you. Yeah. And it, it, it's come up somewhat passively, you know, because I, I wanted my kids to be kids. I didn't want to like put the entrepreneurship world in front of them all the time, you know, and I, I know that works out for some parents, you know, I know Grant, Grant Cardone's daughter's like amazing, well-spoken. She's like 14 years old and she already like runs her own podcast and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff, which is incredible. But at the same time, I, I wanted, I wanted to know that they wanted it. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I know that we all get, we all get everybody's version of success pushed on us all the time. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure, Hey, this is a lane you want to go down. My, I already know my middle son, it's not going to be his thing. I already know my youngest <laughs> son's going to be like a firefighter or a cop or something. He's going to be a, you know, a servant, I guess you could yeah. say. And so, and that's important. Those, those jobs yeah. are important as well. Absolutely. And well, yeah. more importantly that they're passionate about them and that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to like influence them too much early on, but now that my daughter has shown interest, you know, she's going to be going on some business trips and stuff like that with me. We're going to have to start doing some business brunches, just business like you guys. Brunches. 
You know, we we pick a different book. We'll read the book, go through a few chapters at a time. They've got uh-huh. notebooks, take notes. And I learn a lot from them as well. They have great, great ideas. So it's awesome. Yeah, because they're they're raw and they're like mm-hmm. real. You know what I mean? And they're not like influenced by all the influencers that we're influenced by. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you get, you get some original stuff, I can imagine. But no, that's fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, this is definitely a different perspective of an incredibly scalable business. But a lot of what we talk about here, obviously, the front end is building great sales teams, but the back end is entrepreneurship and legacy. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was fun being here. All right, let's get building. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building. As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.